Hello, everyone. Um, as promised on today's uh, podcast um, here at Mimir as well, we're going to discuss. Uh, we're going to go into great detail about the god Balder, uh, which is Odin's son, and his um, pretty much his relation to Jesus Christ. As I have met several people who've talked about how Jesus has just kind of been adopted into the the Norse pantheon, and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about why that is and how that kind of came to be uh, a little bit also when we start touching on the comparison between the two. So first, I'm going to start telling you a little more in detail who Balder is, um, and we will get a little more into that. Um, if you haven't checked out our last podcast uh, that talks about the halls that belong to the gods, I would recommend doing that and also kind of going back a little bit and trying to catch up. Those are pretty short shows. I'm going to try to keep this one pretty short um, so that way I'm not, you know, everybody's got lives, so I don't want to keep you all too, too long. Um, so I want to kind of stick to one subject starting from now on in the podcast because I noticed that uh, I'm kind of cramming a lot in your head and expecting you to retain it, so I'm going to kind of just teach on one subject at a time. Uh, and f going forward in these podcasts to try to allow people some time to understand what I'm talking about and try to go into as much depth as I can. Um, so I'm going to get some stuff together, get my notes together, and uh, I want you guys to check out the song that I'm going to put in the middle uh, of each of my podcasts, because usually when I do that, I kind of put that in there as like a uh, s something that's inspiring uh, for me to kind of come up with these podcasts this week. Uh, so let's get this started. All right, everyone. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about, um, Balder, <clears throat> um, because I know I kind of mentioned him in my podcast about hell and, um, I feel like there's not a lot of stuff discussed about him. Uh, so I'm going to kind of go ahead and dig in a little bit into him. Um, Balder is one of the Aesir gods. Uh, he's the son of Odin and Frigg, uh, the husband of a goddess named Nana. And he's also the god, of, or the father of the god Forseti. And Forseti I mentioned in the podcast where I talked about the halls. And Forseti is the god of justice and basically anything to do with legal matters. Um, Baldur was loved by every god and goddess and beings more physical natures uh, and he's 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 loved by everything i mean anything you can possibly imagine on the earth that creeps crawls grows lives lives and dies he he is loved by everything throughout all of the cosmos and all the realms um and he was described as always being the most handsome and gracious and cheerful god uh and he actually and he's so much so that he gives off light now this in itself the light and the and that is as bright as the sun will tie into some of his comparisons to Jesus Christ. Um there's a meaning actually in his name uh and it is kind of uncertain and there has been a lot of scholarly debate kind of going back and forth. Uh but there's been numerous possibilities that have been proposed including uh that it comes from a proto-indo-european root uh meaning Ball means light, and then ball is also meaning fire, and then or lord, and then the last part would be bold, 
Um, so Balder would be like Bold Fire. Um, so his name kind of comes from the Old Norse word uh, Balder, which you know means fire and bold. Uh, scholars have kind of been reluctant uh, a little bit to accept the explanation of his name due to the warlike characteristics of Balder. Um, Balder may have not as been innocent as or as passive as he's portrayed in some of the Norse sources, um, but the most descriptive of Balder and the most descriptive things that's out there of him is actually inside the Eddas. Uh, so you can actually dig into it. Um, but there's a source in the prose Eddas, uh, which is like a, which was translated by uh, an Icelandic scholar named Story Strolson, which um, was, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, he was a priest. Um, and then the poetic stuff comes from a complete account that we have of the tale concerning Balder and his story of his death and resurrection. Uh, so this this tale, I'm going to kind of briefly summarize it. All right. So when Balder begins when Balder begins to have dreams of his death, uh, Frigg went around to everything in the world and secured from each of them an oath not to harm her son. Uh, confident in Baldur's invincibility, the gods amused themselves by throwing weapons and any random thing they could at Baldur and watching him bounce or shoot off around him and leaving him completely untouched. So Loki, being the guileful trickster that he is, uh, sensed an opportunity for mischief. So he goes and he disguises himself as a woman and sits next to Frigg. And uh, whether she overlooked anything, and he asked her, is there anything uh, that you may have overlooked? And she kind of casually answered. She said, hey, uh, yeah, there was this mistletoe, and I thought it to be too small, small and harmless of a thing to bother asking of such a promise. So Loki went straight ahead and just crafted a dart or a spear uh, from the mistletoe and convinced the blind god Hod, which is... The one I described, I think, in the podcast about Hell, who was usually really close to Balder. Balder kind of included him in everything because he was the blind god. And in this, um, he actually ends up dying uh, and being killed by, uh, I think it was Vidar that killed him when he was a newborn to avenge his brother's death. So we're going to kind of, we're going that's a different story for a different time. But so. He convinced the god Hod to throw it at Balder, and when he did, it pierced the god, and he fell down completely and died. Um, so the gods were completely distraught, and then ordained that one of them should go to the underworld to see if there was any way Balder could be retrieved from hell. Uh, so Hermod... Uh, another one of Odin's many sons agreed to kind of take this journey and uh, took Odin's horse slip in there and he rode down the world tree until he came into the dark damp roots uh, which is as I've described which is where Nephilim and hell reside in my other podcast so when he arrived he found his brother and Balder was not as bright and as shiny and happy as he usually was he was very pale and very grim and seating in a sitting in a seat of honor next to Hel herself. And Hermod asked Hel to release Balder, and after much persuasion she replied that she would give him up if only everything in the world 
would weep for Balder to prove, in other words, that he was universally beloved as Hermod claimed. So the world did weep uh, for Balder, and all that was there except one creature, the giantess Thok, which means thanks. Uh, so it's generally assumed that Loki was in disguise to be as her and callously refused to, um, let's say, secure Baldur's return. Uh, so Baldur was kind of doomed to remain in hell in her joyless realm. Uh, and, and it kind of works out, like I mentioned in prior podcasts, where him being there actually preserved him during Ragnarok for him to come back and help recreate everything. So, uh, this account kind of comes from uh, one of the sources and bits and pieces of it can be found in Old Norse poetry as well. And, uh, and it was also depicted, ironically, on pieces of jewelry that kind of dated back to the Viking Age. So, we can be reasonably certain that the tale that was told by Snorri is not only authentic, but it at least in its general outline to be very, very, very old. Uh, so, however, uh, whether out of ignorance or just a, a desire to portray Balder as a martyr-like figure like Jesus Christ, since Snorri was a priest, he omitted the key elements of Balder's character. Because Balder was a, had a warlike disposition, and there's other literary accounts of Balder's death that told by medieval, there was a medieval Danish historian, uh, Saxio Grammaticus, as confused as, well, that's a better way to say it. So, the, what, anyway, we're just going to go into his version. So, one of the characteristics that stands out about Baldur's consistent eagerness to engage in battle, he's kind of depicted as being something of a warlord. So, combined in the many kennings that link Baldur name with weapons and uh, war in general, it suggests that Balder was much more of an active fighter and less of a passive, innocent sufferer that Snorri makes him out to be. Uh, because, you know, the Catholic Church, for some reason, Snorri translated all of the stuff for Norse mythology. So I will say this, there probably in some bits and pieces are a little bit of a Christian influence or in an effort to change a little bit because the the goal was for the Catholic Church to convert pagans into Christianity. And I want to touch on that in just a minute. So other than that, there's different references of Balder and, and they're pretty scarce. Um, and so there's an Anglo-Saxon chronicle where he's given the additional name Balderic, which means the shining day, or, or described as just the son of Odin. Um, another brief reference to him can be found in a, a piece of paper or a manuscript that kind of dates back to the 9th or 10th century. Uh, so we don't know too, too much about Balder due to the fragmentary nature of the sources. And uh, he evidently occupied a renowned and part and splendor in people's hearts and in the minds of the Vikings and uh, other Germans, Germanic people as well. So comparing him to Jesus Christ. So diving into this. So when Snorri translated the Eddas, uh, he was a Catholic priest and 
he was trying to convince many of the Viking pagans to come and start worshiping Christ and convert to the Catholic Church. And there's tales of where Vikings actually would secretly convert to Catholicism. So they would hang a Milner upside down, which you can actually still find it. Uh, it's known as the wolf. Uh, I think it's called the wolf pendant. I can't remember. Uh, basically, so it's just kind of like an elongated version of Thor's hammer, which looks like the upside down cross. And a lot of Christians would not think that, okay, this is, you know, obviously they're wearing Thor's hammer. No, what they would believe is that is the cross of St. Peter because he was crucified upside down. So that's how a lot of them were still able to worship Odin and they were still able to practice Icelandic magic secretly uh, without drawing the attention of the Catholic Church. And then there were some who were so stubborn uh, that to prevent their families from being murdered and prevent themselves from facing hardship, they would just pull Christ into the general Norse pantheon as just being a son of Odin. Um, and there is actually some followers today uh, that still believe that. And I'm sorry if maybe one of them people are listening to this podcast. That's completely false. That should not happen because it's just, you know, Odin, yeah, it, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, so, um, so we might as well just disregard that concept. So, where... The concept of Jesus Christ comes from and Balder are eerily similar. And and I believe that, I can't sit here and say fully that a lot of Balder's characteristics, since they were translated by Snorri, is not influenced by Jesus Christ himself. But I honestly believe it is the other way around. And the reason I say this is this. Um... One, the Catholic Church knew for a fact uh, that there is absolutely no true evidence of Jesus Christ. Um, you go to, there's like three different places where Christ could have been born in Bethlehem. There's no absolute, and, and, and the person who found these sites, ironically, was a, I think he was Roman, uh, was a Roman leader named Constantine. And Constantine himself was a pagan with an adopted version of Jesus Christ into his paganism belief. So, I could be wrong, but in a lot of my studies, I found so much evidence that has piled up against Constantine to say that he was pagan. And a lot of the bits and pieces of the Bible, there was actually a discussion held when the Bible was being put together. Um, and you can Google this. I don't know the exact term of it, but where they got together and then they decided is Christ going to be a man with divine qualities or is he going to be a divine being with human-like qualities? And so it was ultimately that meeting in itself that determined whether Jesus Christ would be either a prophet or the son of God. So you can take that for what it's worth. And this was later, so this could have been after a time where some of this stuff uh, was. Um... So that's where so a lot of the Icelandic magic, if when you go and you do your research, you're also going to find bits and pieces where they're trying to include Jesus Christ in it. And I would tell you that I would kind of stay away 
from some of that because we all know, uh, especially those who are subscribing to this or listening to this, you are probably already a follower of Ace of True and you, and you should know possibly enough by now to know uh, that that would not be a valid stave or that would not be a valid spell. Uh, so I would advise to kind of stay away from it. But, so, Bethel, Bethelblick, which is where Baldur's Hall is, no unclean thing can enter there. So it is very similar to the Christian heaven. So Christ tells you, where I am, you know, there you shall be also. No unclean thing should enter into my house, blah, 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 blah. And it's very similar, if you can tell. So... Baldur is the most beloved son of God, the son of Odin. Jesus Christ is the beloved son of God. And one has to die. They both die. There's both a rebirth. They both spend time in hell uh, to eventually come back at the end of all things. So, you know, the Christian Bible says Jesus Christ spent, I think it was a period of three days in hell before coming, before ascending to the Father. And then... Here, uh, Baldur is in hell until the time of Ragnarok, until he's freed and allowed to be released from being hell's guest. So, that's where some of the ties, if you can look at the comparisons. So, Baldur is depicted as being a god of or a god of light and joy and happiness and peace and blah. And, and Jesus Christ is basically the mirror image. And it's almost as if the Catholic Church took a hold of a lot of the information that the that the Asatru followers of the old times had of Baldur and created their deity off of it. And and it's almost insane, really. And there's a lot of Odin uh, tied into Jesus Christ as well. Uh, sacrificed himself unto himself. The Bible, Christ sacrificed himself. Uh, unto himself in a sense because uh, you know the whole Christ is God and God is Christ that whole thing is fucking weird in itself but so it's very similar uh, so there was that at the verge of death one supposedly really did die and then come back after three days but there's a lot of different features like in the Bible it tells you entertain anybody who's a stranger because you never know if it'll be Christ that you've that you've helped out and in, in the Havamal, it's almost quoted the exact same. But always be a guest. Always tend to your guest. Always take care of them because you never know if it was Odin that you've entertained. So you can see a lot of the similarities. And from a lot of digging I have done, uh, the, the Bible was kind of pieced together bit by bit. And... There's no telling what the they could have ripped off from different, you know, religious aspects. Um, you know, I know the Mormons, they believe that, oh, we got this Bible because it, you know, came from the ancient Americans that lived in the, you know, that came from Jerusalem and lived in the United States, which is now the Native Americans. I'm like, okay, well, you can believe that, but also the Vikings were here too at some period. And so... There's just, just a lot of different man-made, <clears throat> created religions. And, 
you know, there's various different details of Odin uh, in different parts of religion. Um, and it's really unique how he can tie into it because Heavenly Father is the All-Father, the All-Seeing. Odin is the All-Father, All-Seeing, who knows everything, who knows the spells, who knows everything. We have the Nine Noble Virtues. Christianity stole something similar and created the Ten Commandments. And they're practically, if you put them side by side, they're damn near similar. But ours was first. So, um, because everything that the Vikings had predate Christianity without even batting an eye, I can tell you that, or searching it. So, I'm going to pull something up really quick in my notes here. Let me go through here and look. Um... Nope, it's not this page. Alright, so this is a bit that I found that talks about Jesus Christ as <clears throat> Lord Balder. So when Scandinavia and the church were negotiating the expansion of Catholicism, the Catholic Church told the people of Scandinavia that the sacrifice Jesus Christ was their God, Balder, the son of the All-Father. So, I recently was reassured by the High One that this was not true. And it was a lie orchestrated by the church. So, I've meditated on this because I was like, okay, before I do a podcast, I want to make damn sure that I'm right. And let me tell you, I kind of, I kind of felt like maybe... like. The All-Father was like, for real, why the hell are you asking me this question? Um, so, the church tried to turn around and tell people that this was true. Um, and that that also means he was released from hell, born, and later crucified again. And the mercy of the All-Father has been immense. And this who Christ was communicating with was arranging Israel to become polytheist again. And so, there you have it. Uh, the Catholic Church was completely involved in trying to combine Christianity with paganism. Because the whole goal was to get these people to believe that Jesus Christ was indeed Balder. And that was the only way they could do it. So it became more far-reaching. Um, so I'm uncertain of the church's plans other than that um, but the the many blasphemies and everything is just beyond that so i thank everybody for coming to this podcast and i will touch base with y'all uh on my next one thanks